Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like Hello again. I am Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen on the Faith Radio Network. This is Hour 2, so if you missed Hour 1, please uh, download it as a podcast from wherever you get your podcast. You should be subscribed to Mornings with Carmen. Uh, or you can download the Faith Radio app. That is a great way to have access all the time, everywhere, to not only this program, but every other program that we offer here on Faith Radio. If you haven't visited us recently at MyFaithRadio.com, today's a great day to do that as well. Because, you know, at the beginning of every month, there's always uh, cool new stuff for you to check out and um, and participate in. So please visit us there. And um, if you've never visited us before, you can tell us that you're a first-time visitor and we send you some cool swag. There you go. That's what I know. Um, in my hashtag pray the news this morning, I want us to be praying for um, families across the country who are suffering such devastation after a number of tornadoes swept through 11 states. So 32 people confirmed dead, others injured. More homes and businesses, churches, schools destroyed than we could even count. Again, across 11 states, catastrophic tornado moved um, through the metro area of Little Rock, Arkansas. It was one of the um, tremendous um, storms on Friday afternoon. The death toll in the state where I live, in Tennessee, now stands at 15 um, from a number of twisters that touch down across the state. And I know that if you live in Iowa, I mean, just I could go through the whole list. It, it, our neighbors are suffering. And so I want you to be praying with me um, and responding as God provides opportunity for you to do so. Proximity matters. My pastor reminded us this of this yesterday. Proximity really matters um, when it comes to tragedy. And so um, we hear about, we read about, we see things that are happening half a world away or even half a nation away, and then it happens next door um, or it happens in our community, and it feels very different. And so just recognize that proximity matters, and if you are proximate to someone today who um, is suffering, um be gentle, be kind, offer prayerful support. I mean, if you're in a position to do so, just say, how can I help? How can I help? Um, I had a friend yesterday who, when I asked that, um, he said, you know what? <clears throat> Would you just pray for my friend Bill? Well, his friend Bill happens to be Bill Lee, the governor of Tennessee. And he said, you know, my friend Bill on Saturday, gave the eulogy at the service for his wife's best friend, Cindy, who was one of the victims in the shooting um, in Nashville last week. And then the governor traveled across the state to visit every single one of the families who had an individual that lost their life in one of those tornadoes that swept through. And then he surveyed the damage in communities across the state, um, you know, as we surge resources to help those communities recover and rebuild. And in the meantime, his Capitol building... Um, was under assault 
by pro-trans and gun control advocates. Uh, And so wherever you stand on all these issues, let's pray for the load that individuals bear. And this particular brother named Bill, um, who's bearing a load today. Um, And as you're thinking about praying for brothers and sisters in Christ across the country and around the world, um, I want you to pray specifically for brothers and sisters who escaped from China. They um, they left their church in China and everything behind um, and went into what I would call like self-exile. They fled to Thailand. Um, and now, because they have technically overstayed their legal status there, um, 63 of them, all of the adults, but keep in mind, these 63 adults um, uh, have as many kids. So this is a really complex situation. Um, Thailand is uh, planning to expel them and return them to China. So there's two American citizens involved um, out of Tyler, Texas, and an organization that is seeking to um, help these Christian brothers and sisters find asylum. And so I just want you to be praying a a a prayer of God's mercy um, over this entire situation and other Christians around the world who are fleeing very real persecution. We um we've been finding it really exhilarating to be talking with younger Christians about their experience and perception of things, um, those who are choosing to remain in the church and choosing to um, stick with uh, terms like Christian or evangelical. And so we want to talk with them. When we track them down, um, I like to bring them on. And so Andrea Teibel is going to join us next. You can find what she has written at thegospelcoalition.org, why I keep going to church after being hurt by gossip. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Come to the table and taste of the glory and savor the sorrow. He's dying tomorrow. Andrea Teibel is a college student and a writer. She enjoys spending time with her family. Um, she's a member of the Gridley Apostolic Christian Church. Andrea, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you, Carmen. I'm glad to be here. So let me begin by um, by saying I, I am genuinely sorry for your loss. Grandparents are precious, and you lead off in this article, you know, talking about the day of the funeral of your grandpa. And so before we dive into that, I thought it might bless all of us for you to just tell us something precious to you about your grandma and your grandpa. Yeah. So when I was younger um, and my grandpa was um, around, we would um, sometimes go to Florida with them. And we had like these little like crayon, they looked like a crayon, but you could like put water in them and like squirt people with them. And so me and my sister would always try to um, go and squirt grandpa and he didn't like love it, but he always like let us do it and like went along with it for us. So that was always hilarious. I mean, sometimes it's like the little things, right? I mean, it's it's those little things that stick with us. So Mm -hmm. if you would, I mean, if you'd be willing to do so, um, I just want to walk with you through this piece that you've posted um, at gospelcoalition.org. 
Um, and I just want to start at the beginning. So can you tell us the story, um, take us into the church building, what you were feeling, and then ultimately what you experienced um, on the day of your grandpa's funeral? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, it was it was just a day where if I, you know, if I didn't have to be at church, then I didn't really want to be. Um, just trying to kind of emotionally process through um, a lot of things that had happened and just didn't really want to be around people. Um, I'm definitely an introvert. So even normally, I don't always like love to socialize. Um, And that day was just really hard. Um, And so I was like, you know, maybe if I just kind of hide out in the bathroom for a second, then, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it'll be okay. And I'll be able to face like everyone in church. And so I hid, I hid quote unquote in the bathroom and I was in there and I was getting ready to get to like leave. But then some people came in and then they were talking about some things that had happened. And one of the comments that was made was just very uncalled for and unkind. And I heard that comment. And I just, I broke it it was not, it was the worst time. I mean, it could have been. Um, and so I honestly probably cried for about 15 minutes just because of everything in the, um, way that that comment had added. And I really, at that point was like, I don't (laughs) want to go to church that day. Um, and it was just, interesting and hard too because I was like these people you know I've been around most of them a lot of my life I've grown up like around them you know they claim to be like Christians like where is all this gossip and this like tearing down of others coming from like that's not what scripture calls us to in fact it calls us to the opposite um and so that kind of was that day Um, And then I left that day kind of just with this confusion and this um, bitterness. And I was like, well, you know, if I can't like trust them, then like, who can I trust? And it shook my faith maybe a little more than it um, needed to. But I think God was going to do something beautiful in that shaking. And so that's what I jump into next. So we're going to we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Um I want you just to consider as you're um as you're listening right now, I want you to consider the ways in which um words wound um and the things that um get said by church people in the context of church um behind closed doors when they think nobody else is listening and the wounds that um that people experience. And so Andrea is going to share with us when we come back um, why she keeps going to church, even after being deeply hurt by church people. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio, tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, 
all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Andrea Teibel is a college student, and she is the author of a piece posted at thegospelcoalition.org. It's entitled, Why I Keep Going to Church After Being Hurt by Gossip. Um, I think, Andrea, that um, if you don't know this already, the cheesy potato story is um, kind of iconic um, because the cheesy potatoes you describe are actually funeral potatoes. Did you know that? Yeah, I did, but... um... It's crazy, have, right? Like if you Google yeah. funeral potatoes, the cheesy potato recipe is there. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fun. All right. So tell us the cheesy potato story. Yeah, for sure. So basically at the day of the funeral, um, you know, you hear like the same platitudes um, just because, you know, people don't know what to say. And um, the funeral kind of came and went, I guess, I was kind of just not, um, I was like there, but like, I wasn't there, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, perfect sense. And, um, I went to get my cheesy funeral potatoes in the line and which if you haven't had them, you really should find a recipe there. Well, you should go to, you should go to a funeral. I mean, like, right. (laughs) If you've not, if you've actually not had the cheesy potatoes, then you should start going to funerals because it is okay. Well, we'll, we'll leave that there. They're so good though. Right. Can't you they like practically so taste creamy. them when we're talking about it? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the ladies in the, um, serving line looked at me and was like, we, Hey, just want you to know we love, we love you. We're praying for you. And I was like, wait, like, hold up, like, this is a lot different from the people that have been gossiping in the bathroom earlier. Like, you know, what is making her different? And, mm. um, like, I knew she was genuine too. Like, this person isn't someone who's not genuine. And even that day, she just, like, she, I could tell. Um, and so then I feel like God kind of was like, Andrea, like, look at what I'm going to do through all these people like in your life we had a so many cards written to us um so many prayers offered on our behalf we a lot of the ways my church shows love is by food we had so much food in our house it was like almost too much food I was like okay where do I put this like next casserole um and so just the love and the compassion that people started to show um, was really impactful and it didn't, you know, change overnight, but little by little, all that bitterness that I had been like, you know, kind of harboring in my heart and that pain kind of just fell away. And God was like, look, I am doing something new. And that is, that is why, that is why I, um, you know, clear out my Sundays and Wednesdays and go to church events and stuff. Um, and even potlucks. In the of, and, and potlucks. Because yes, Cheesy yes. Potato Lady is going to be there. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right? Even in the midst, right. Even in the midst of like a very busy school schedule and stuff. Um, just the love that I've seen from my brothers and sisters in my church um, has been overwhelming. Um, people still mess up, like people will still gossip. Um, but through it all, God has shown me that he can redeem um, anything. And that, you know, it tells us in Hebrews to not forsake the assembling of the saints. And I think that's also what I've learned um, through it too, is I feel like some Christians can be like, oh, well, the church hurt me. So I'm not going to go back. Like I'm done. And to one, to one hand or an extent, I get that pain, but we're called to live in community and we are so much more effective if we do live in community and you definitely have to work through and forgive and stuff. But if there's anyone listening that's just struggling with that, I would just encourage you to like, just go back and give it a chance and give it to God and just pray to him and see what he will do because he can redeem so much and he is so good. Mm. So I know you've lost your grandfather. Is your grandmother still living? Yeah, she is. So um, I hope you get to um, spend time with her this Easter. I hope that's um, something that God provides opportunity to do. Um, <clears throat> tell us uh, if, if if we were to come to your church, because everybody's churches, like, right, our, our worship experiences are different. Uh, the spaces that we meet in are different. Kind of what would our experience be if we walked into the church where you worship? If you guys walked in to um my church in Gridley you would immediately be welcomed by one of our ministers who is just um so good at welcoming people and um wanting to know who a new person would be and it would be welcomed he would probably take you up to the front of church um so if you're a little shy that might not be the best thing but they want you to get right in and then you would um, we'd have our services and then our church does a lunch. And so we would go to lunch and it's always such a good lunch. Um, wait, wait, food. there's lunch every week. Yep. <laughs> okay. That's amazing. All right. I like yep. it already. That's so great. <laughs> um, and then when you're at lunch, you would be met by so many different people just wanting to know, um, who you are, where you're from and people that are just glad that you're here, um, are, um, our lead pastor would make his way over to you. He always gets to everybody um, and um, is always saying hi to everyone, which is awesome. And you would just be, you would be loved on um, with like a genuine Christian love. And yeah. That's so good. Thank you so much. Yeah. We appreciate yeah. your, sh- your sharing with us. We appreciate what you're writing you guys can uh, follow Andrea at thegospelcoalition.org. Um, and Andrea, blessings upon, you know, your work at college and um, the future filled with hope that God has set out before you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. We've, we've enjoyed our conversation with you today. Thank you so much. That's Andrea Teibel. You can read Why I Keep Going to Church After Being Hurt by Gossip at thegospelcoalition.org. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. 
rugged cross So despised by the world As a wonder Kim Dolan um, Leto was probably one of the most popular conversations that we have had here on Mornings with Carmen. Her book is Fit God's Way, and it opens with this. Has this ever happened to you? You walk into your closet to get dressed, you try on outfits, and the conversation starts in your mind. Thoughts like, I need to lose weight. I can't believe this outfit doesn't fit anymore. I need to start working out. I hope nobody notices the weight I've gained. And you find nothing that seems to fit right, and it's making you miserable, and you frantically change a few times before finally... Well, you're just settle on that go-to outfit for those days. How many times have you promised to eat cleaner, to work out, to try harder? But then no matter how hard you try, you always seem to give up. Life gets busy, kids get sick, or the results just don't come. Um, and there just doesn't seem to be enough motivation to keep you focused. But deep down, you know there's a better version of you. You long to be her, to be free of all this. But you push those thoughts of a better you aside for when you have more time. Kim Dolan Leto is going to come back and join us today. We're going to spend some time um, considering what it means to be fit God's way. It is your Bible based guide to food, fitness, and wholeness. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. join us or not, but you and I are going to uh, proceed with a conversation anyway about what it might mean to be fit God's way. Um, If you, uh, like me, have struggled with this your whole life, um, then you know that it is really nice to have somebody who comes alongside and um, presents it with clarity and invites you into um, a journey of, I mean, you know, health and wellness. That's a maybe not a great way to phrase it, but it's the truth. So that's what is in Fit God's Way, your Bible-based guide to food, fitness, and wholeness. Here are the seven habits um, that are outlined in Fit God's Way. And I know a lot of you have copies of the book because we gave a lot of copies away the day that we had Kim on the first time. Habit number one is put God first in your fitness. Learn to end the cycle of dieting failures and put God first in your fitness. I guess, you know, I want to just ask that question. When you think about getting fit, when you think about fueling your body with the food that it needs, when you think about getting the right amount of exercise and sleep and rest and time away, and um, when you think about wholeness, when you think about the things that you're doing and the things that you're refraining from doing, is it like with God first, I think if you're like me, um, and probably if you're like most of us, it's generally about me, right? <laughs> it's about me. Um, and so what Kim talks about is I got to get that reprioritized. I got to get that in the right order. And God really does have to be first. I have to be thinking about becoming more like Christ, who, I don't know, walked everywhere, um, ate a Mediterranean diet, loved people, um, ate to live, didn't live to eat, um, you know, served others, wasn't particularly concerned about what others thought about him, but thought constantly about others, lived for God to fulfill his plan. I mean, he 
he enjoyed food, but he didn't worship it. Um, he feasted on the word of God. In fact, at one point he says, you know, my, my meat, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. So do you put God first in your fitness? Habit number two is get fit God's way with the seven W's. And so let me remind myself what the seven W's are. The seven W's are word. Now, this this fits in nicely to what we talk about here um, every day on Mornings with Carmen, where I say, where in the word are you? And I encourage you to be in the word of God before you ever get out there into the world that God so loves, um, because you and I want to be filled with uh, with the word of God, because the word the world is going to squeeze us. And so when we get squeezed, what comes out of us is going to be whatever we have filled ourselves up with. And so if you filled yourself up with the word of God, then what's going to come out is going to be the grace and truth. And that's what we want. So number one on Fit God's Way daily seven W's is the word. Read your Bible and pray. Worth. Practice placing your worth in Christ to find confidence, strength, and grace. And then whole, um, W-H-O-L-E, God-made food. So choose whole God-made food over processed man-made foods. So focus on quality ingredients versus obsessing over quantity and pray before every meal. I think it's pray before every time you're thinking about putting something in your mouth. I would, um, I mean, it's nice to imagine that the only time that I'm ever eating is at a planned meal, but I'll just confess to you that, um, that might be a stumbling block for me, so I want to amplify that one. Water. Divide your weight in half and drink a minimum of that many ounces of water per day. Add 7 to 10 ounces of fluid every 10 to 20 minutes during exercise. All right, so water. So first of all, we got word, worth, whole, which is food, whole food, water, and then work out. Move and strengthen your body five to six days a week. And in addition, take walks outdoors to spend time with God's creation. And many movement, many, M-I-N-I, many movement breaks throughout the day to increase your non-exercise activity calorie burn. I think that we're supposed to like stand up and move around every seven or eight minutes or something. Like do something for seven, eight, seven or eight minutes and then, you know, get up and move around. Or, you know, uh, yeah, get one of those... um Get one of those tension bands and put it between the feet of your chair and just bounce your feet on it. Like, get, just do something to get some movement going. And then we have worship. Listen to Christian music, sing, dance, and praise God. By the way, that dancing, that counts um, as working out as well. So there you go. That's a little double take. And then wake is on the list as well, which is sleep, right? Like, you're going to only wake if you've been asleep. Establish a wake-sleep cycle and morning-evening routine to put yourself to bed in the peace of God and wake up in his power, which obviously, you know, how do you want to wake up? Well, clearly, you want to wake up with Mornings with Carmen. There you go. Um, and so those are the seven W's that um, um, that are the habits that Kim is encouraging us to um, to foster in our life. So I guess I wonder which one of those um, maybe is hardest for you, most curious to you, the one you recognize that you need the most. Um, I mean, if you're not in the Word, then it's really hard to imagine that you're putting God first in your fitness, right? So, I mean, if we're putting God first, then certainly we are in His Word. Certainly we are relying on the power of His Holy Spirit to transform us. 
Certainly, we are keeping it focused on him and not ourselves, his kingdom advancement, not just our personal um, fitness goals. And then what does it look like to really place your worth in Christ? Let me just settle there for a moment, because my guess is that there are many of us that struggle with this one. Where do you find your worth? Do you believe that you're worthy? Do you recognize that God sees you as eternally precious? And worth worth the trip from the glory of heaven to the reality of a human life. <coughs> we'll tell you what. Well, Carmen, you rest a little bit. We'll uh, just uh, take our break a little early. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. If you're a new listener, we want to officially welcome you with a free welcome pack gift. Request yours today at MyFaithRadio.com. All right, well, clearly, I can't uh, just talk the whole time today, and um, Kim didn't join us, so Paul Perot is now going to step forward. Thank you, good sir. All right. So, <laughs> yeah. Paul, here's what, here's what you and I are going to talk about. We're okay. going to talk about Holy Week. Okay, yeah. Um, your, some of your practices or things that you appreciate about this particular week. Oh boy, yeah, that is an interesting question because it's always it's been in flux a lot lately. Now I grew up in a more liturgical tradition, so you know we we had a lot of things we went through um, during. Holy okay, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. That was a big fan. That was a big. Oh, fancy liturgical. Yes. What is liturgical for liturgical, you know those people okay. that are you know? Yeah. I, I grew up in the Roman Catholic Church, and there's some similarities in say like the Lutheran uh, denominations as well, at least the more traditional ones where. You know, you, you, you'd have certain things like, you know, the Holy Thursday services, uh, fr- Good Friday. I mean, that was uh, considered a day that you should go to church and certain things you did back then. I'm trying to remember all we did because it's been a long time. I always found it interesting because um, on Palm Sunday, because the way the church calendar was set up, instead of focusing like the church has at I'm currently at, we, we spent a lot of time in the worship focusing on Palm Sunday, at, you know, having the kids come in with the palm branches and such. And even we had a, they, they came up on, on the, uh, on the platform and also did a little mini concert as well with a few songs, which was great. But back in the Catholic church where I was going, we usually would read the passion story about the crucifixion on Palm Sunday. Because, oh really? Yeah, but because that is, you know, the way the the way it was set up, you know, that's a you had to be at church on Sunday, and they wanted to make sure if you're there, you're you're hearing about the gospel, um, about that. You hear about the, his crucifixion, so that was usually recited and read through on Sunday, and then it was brought up again on Good Friday as well. And it was interesting how Good Friday went because. And this this came out in another church I attended. When you had the Good Friday service, yes, there would be the communion celebration. There'd be a, a, a drape put over the table mm-hmm, at that time, mm-hmm. and then you leave silently. Mm-hmm. The room is dark. You leave silently, and that's yeah, something. That's my. I, I I appreciate that. I've been to a number of services where that's that's what happens, and I think that's appropriate. I do think we should leave our Good Friday services silently. We should. 
you know, part one another's company and and we should spend Saturday um, really like contemplating mm-hmm. the the reality of a, an entombed Jesus, a Jesus who was dead and buried. Um, and because otherwise we just fast forward to the resurrection and we, you know, put on our Easter hats and whatever. And, um, and we sort of fail to appreciate, um, the very real death that a very real savior very really died. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Some people call Saturday silent Saturday. Mm. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Because it's, you don't hear much about what happened and you don't hear hardly anything in the gospel about what happened at that time. It was just silent. I mean, you can assume things, the, the, the disciples and, and others who were Jesus followers were just kind of mourning, living yeah. in a state of shock. Um, one thing I practice is extended fasting during, during Holy Week, especially from Thursday evening after the Last Supper until Easter Sunday, not easy. I haven't done that in a few years, but I have done that in the past because it really, really helps me focus on what the disciples, at least in some way, what they were probably experiencing because, you know, they started out the week, Jesus coming in Jerusalem. This was, you know, kingdom is coming. They're, they're looking forward to it. And by Friday, Jesus is dead and they're in total confusion. Yeah, I um I've reflected in the past on like where everyone went when everything, you know, went so terribly wrong. Um and I do think it's a, it's good for us to think like where where do I run when there's real trouble and mm-hmm. or there's real danger? Where would I go if my life were in danger or to whom would I run? Um and the disciples, you know, they would have said, "Well, we're going to run to Jesus." But they he's couldn't. the one. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, I, I suspect some of them um, may have returned to Bethany, where they'd been staying with Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and mm-hmm. maybe some went to the upper room. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. We I mean, we know, know they were in the upper room on Sunday. At least almost all of them. Uh, Thomas wasn't there. Right. No, that's exactly right. So it, it's hard John, to say. Yeah, John 20 is a good place to turn if you're wondering... Um, you know, where you where you might read about some of what we're talking about. We want you to spend this Holy Week engaged with the passion of the Christ, engaged walking with Jesus um, in Jerusalem, not just the triumphal entry. Like, don't skip from the triumphal entry to the resurrection. Actually journey with Jesus and the disciples during this week. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, Laura uh, from Connecticut just uh, texted in a bit ago. She's going, you know, when they get to all this in The Chosen, the the miniseries that, uh, mm. that Dallas Jenkins has been putting mm. together and his team, she said, I don't know if I'll be able to handle it. Because I, 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 props off, Dallas has done a great job of bringing the story of, or at least I, I understand he's making gobs of assumptions about the lives of, of the different uh, disciples and apostles who were close to Jesus and bringing their bringing some sort of thread of who they were, and I mean even just as they climax that the end of season three here, I mean the some stuff with Peter and it was it was intense watching mm. that. I'm just kind of going, okay, what's going to happen in this Holy Week, especially with Judas betrayal and then 
you know, Peter's denial. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of there with Laura's like, what's going to happen? I don't know if I'll be able to handle it. Hey, speaking of Connecticut. Yeah. Basketball. Oh, yes. Basketball. Um, Iowa did not prevail. No. Um, no. Um, and so the LSU Tigers, the women, um, are the champions on that side. The men play tonight, for those of you still following this. San Diego State is taking on UConn. So I suspect that our um, Connecticut listeners are excited about that. Um, what else have I got here in my what could we talk about if somebody didn't show up? <laughs> um, Your pocket. In my pocket. Yeah, that's what we call it. We call it my pocket. Um, so there are a number of things that, um, you know, that are happening in the world right now. And sometimes we we look at them and we see like the deep division among individuals and we see the deep division that we might even face as a country. Um, I have this illustration that I want to share with you all today in case you missed it. But Africa, the actual like continent is splitting in two. Um, And so like you say to yourself, you know, I know that these plates, these tectonic plates actually do shift, right? Um, Well, the tectonic plate in Ethiopia is now a rift, the African continent. There's now this like actual physical rift um, and it's 35 mile long crack uh, in the desert and it emerged in 2005 and it's been growing consistently over that period of time and eventually it will split the world's second largest continent in two. Now that is a phenomenon that has not been observed in a very long time when um, like South America and Africa divided into two different continents. That's at least what plate tectonic people like the people who study these things um, are telling us. And so when you think about the, the, the way that the world was affected by the flood, the, the, the flood that we know that took place in the days of Noah, and when you think about the way in which the continents um, settled in the places where they are now, like, have you ever thought about the prospect that one of them might split and there might lead to the emergence of a new ocean and a new continent? Like, that's kind of crazy to think about, isn't it? The Gulf of Aden and the Red Sea um, would flood in over um, this region into the East African Rift Valley, and it would become a new ocean. That is, like, crazy to imagine. Um, But I lift that up to you today because I think we imagine that the way things are right now is the way they've always been, the way they always will be, and in fact... Um, that's just not true. We live in a really dynamic creation and we live um, under the sovereignty of a very dynamic God. And so I want us to be anticipating today um, the miracles that God might wrought um, and, and, you know, expect always the unexpected and, and actually like anticipate miracles, knowing that with God, all things are possible. And you say to yourself, that's not going to be a miracle if the continent of Africa splits in two um, and moves apart and creates a new ocean. Like, that's going to wreak all kinds of havoc. That's like an earthquake that I can't even imagine. And um, yes, that's true. 
But God has um, designed creation to now work by natural laws that um, that exist under his sovereignty um, and in his power. And so things are going to happen today. This is when Jesus tells us, like, you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and famine. And it's all a part of the groaning um, that the world is in, this travail, this eager longing for man's redemption. So when you see signs of it today, give glory to God. When you see signs of it today, give glory to God. All right, you're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio. All right, as you're reading the headlines today and you're walking your faith out into the world that God so loves, let's do so intentionally in ways that honor Jesus. You're going to um, hear today that um, Senator John Fetterman, um, who has just spent a month um, getting treatment for depression, you're going to hear him talking about depression and recovery. It's a wonderful opportunity. It's a wonderful opportunity to invite those we love into conversations about um, the help that people need, like, right? And and helping um, one another access that. Obviously, there's going to be a lot today about um, what is happening in terms of the 2024 election cycle and the leading candidate on the Republican side right now and um, and what is going to happen tomorrow, which we don't really know. Um, and then you're going to be reading headlines today from around the world as well. Let's be recognizing that God holds it all. God holds it all in his hands. Put yourself there. Can you put yourself right now in the very palm of God's hand? Like, just say, God, that's where I want to be today. I want to be in the very palm of your hand. I don't want to be getting out there one step ahead of you. I don't want to be lagging one step behind you. I want to be walking step by step with you. I want to be walking by faith, not by sight. I want to be walking in the company of the Holy Spirit. I want to be walking um, in the direction that you lead. I want to be walking under the yoke of your son, my Savior, Jesus Christ. And holy God, I want to be, I want to be headed toward home. Let's be, um, let's be intentional today about walking with Jesus as he walks toward the cross during this holy week. And let's intentionally put ourselves right where we belong, in the very hands of a holy God. Thank you so much for this time shared today. I apologize for my, uh, my cough. Um, I'll see you right back here tomorrow. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.